everyone, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. You can catch me on Twitter. That's the best way to reach me on social media, at JJ Outlaw. You can always find me on the Instagrams, as the kitties call it, <laughs> at Gourmet Goober. And as always, I'm here with my co-host, my BFF, my sidekick. Well, no, he's not my sidekick in life. <laughs> he's my hubby. <laughs> Outlaw. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm doing fine. I'm trying to figure out what my role is at this moment. <laughs> you are not my side. Well, sidekick is not a bad thing. So I'm your Robin? Okay. Well, I'd rather be the Robin than like, I don't know. What would be like a bad example of a sidekick? Um, <coughs> Slowpoke Rodriguez. Okay, that would be bad. Yeah. That dude, I don't know if people know um, the reference, but, like, Conan the Destroyer. <laughs> okay. And the little dude that was his sidekick that, like, kept fucking things up. <laughs> that would be a bad sidekick. Yes, I do not want to be the guy <laughs> who just comes in and fucks things up. <laughs> okay, so now that I dropped my first F-bomb, <laughs> where can they find you on social media? You can find me <laughs> on Twitter at Tioutlaw, T-O-U-T-L-A-W, and you can find me on Instagram at Tioutlaw, Josie Wells, like the movie. And I know that you often say that people can look for you on Facebook, but you rather may not do that. Yep. However, if you do want to find us on Facebook, we do have a Facebook page. Um, at the Gourmet Goober blog, which refers to the fact that the Gourmet Goober podcast was once a blog. And you can still see things like old recipes and posts and all sorts of fun stuff if you go to the gourmetgoober.com, which I'm in the process of redesigning. And one more thing, if you wanted to drop us a line at any moment, you can go to the gourmetgoober at gmail.com, drop us a line and let us know about how you found the show. So, um, as always, we usually like to start our um, episodes while talking about how our week went. So, as always, Big Daddy, you go first. How was your week? Uh, for the most part, my week was satisfying. But also, I like to um, mourn the uh, incumbent, the fact that we had, uh, we are just a few days past Halloween and Halloween around here was not as cool as it used to be because even though I'm a person who does not open the door, um, (laughs) when the little kitties come through, because I'm just going after my father's example, um, because of the weather and just the temperature pretty much, and the fact that neither one of us was here because we were both working yeah. Uh, Halloween was very truncated this year because, um, it just was not a very pleasant time to be around. So, I mean, other than that, I guess, you know, it was just a normal, uh, week in the day in life of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gotta say that was a bummer. Yeah. If you, um, happen to live in the Midwest, you probably had heard, um, the reports that there were some inclement weather all throughout in selected spots. And actually in Chicagoland, where we live, we actually got snow. So where we live, um, as I like to put it, the south-south side of Chicago, we didn't get much snow at all. But where my boss lives in 
northern Chicago, yeah, they got like four to six inches. It was just insane. So when I left that morning, there was no snow as I was leaving um, the region. That's what they lovingly call Northwest Indiana. By the time we crossed the border into Chicago, oh, yeah, it was a full-fledged snowstorm. In fact, in Humboldt Park, um, by the time I left, I even took a video on my phone because I couldn't believe it. Like, there was, like, snow sticking on the ground, and I went outside to help with a donation that I had to pick up, and there were these huge flakes. They were falling fast and heavy. In fact, the person I was talking to, she was just like, look, let's dip out of here because <laughs> we can't have a conversation because it was so snowy outside. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my week was kind of tedious. There was just a lot of things that were going on right now at work that's rather exhausting. Um, these last few weeks, especially because in addition to work, there's some mandatory training that I need to do um, because of the nonprofit space that I work with has some guidelines that's mandated by the state of Illinois. And so to fulfill my responsibilities part of the employment process, there's a mandatory 40-hour training that needs to take place. Um, I took most of the courses, but over the summer, especially, it was challenging because of just some life things that happened, including when I lost Baraboo and the passing of a family friend. So I had to miss a couple of the trainings. So I'm making them up now. But that also means because I'm making them up, and in this case, the classes that I have to take are on Saturday. For the last couple of weeks, I've been working six day weeks. And you go say what? It's been <laughs> really hard. Seriously, like yesterday, I left. We we normally tape on Saturdays. Um, so when Friday came around, I made my way to and got in the car to get ready to take the train and i swear i just wanted to cry like literally i had planned to do some work on the train and i was just like screw it i just slept the entire way because i was just so tired so i'm hoping next week i'll have a little bit of a break um but it's challenging because especially living where i am and i work in what you say it's like the west side of Chicago, the northwest side. The near, yes, the near northwest side of Chattown. You know, in you're in you're in Humble Park. You're in the spot. Yeah, so it's quite a hike. Um, so what's make it so difficult is adding to my day. Is I have what a near three hour commute round trip. Okay. Yes, yeah, that's, that's about right. I also. From time to time, yeah, I have a a pretty lengthy commute, but most of the time I just take public transit. And to be fair, I don't mind a commute. I mean, it's part of life in a big city. I mean, commuting is just what you do. So I don't necessarily mind that, but without so much of a break in between time and writing grants and having to do research and dealing with just sometimes challenging situations as we all do in our jobs. Um, it takes a toll and I, um, I'm no exception. <laughs> so overall my week was good, but yeah, it was weird. And going back to what you said before, one of the biggest bummers about the change in my schedule this week is for the last 
few years prior, I've been able to be home and be part of the trick-or-treating experience. Because, again, I think I said on another show, I love Halloween. I love scary movies. I love horror. I grew up, and my dad and I, we had traditions where we watched horror movies on Halloween and gave out Kenny and trick-or-treating and all of that. And, you know, in years past, I did it with our dog, Bear, who is unfortunately no longer with us. So this year, just kind of, it just felt like an other an ordinary day, which is totally sad because I missed out on all of my plans. I was still going to watch scary movies by the time I make it home, made it home on Halloween because I figured even though I would miss the trick-or-treaters, and we probably didn't get a lot of trick-or-treaters anyway because of the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you around here, they're determined. <laughs> they want that candy. <laughs> that is true. But I thought, well, at least I'll just watch some horror movies or something. Nah, I, I think I watched half of American Horror Story, like, 1984, and I, like, crashed. <laughs> I think, in fact, I think I watched the second half of it on Friday as I was getting ready for work. Because I realized, like, oh, I just saw, like, five minutes of it. That's a bummer. <laughs> it is kind of raw. Yeah, so, so yeah. Um, interesting week. One of the things, though, that did make up for it, although it is kind of funny, was that Big Daddy and I, you know, because of this crazy long week for me, um, we don't always get to see each other during the week. So you came up with this great idea when I you picked me up on Friday and I was like, dude, I'm just too tired to cook. I have to turn around and be back at work tomorrow. I had to pick up a donation for an event. Um, that I want to be late for because the, my last training went over by an hour. So I was supposed to meet and greet people. But by the time I got to the donation, oh, we're finished. Here's your stuff, <laughs> um, which I felt really bad for. But they were really great. Um, you came up with an idea that we should, you know, go out to dinner and just, you know, unwind and relax. And so that's what we did Friday night. And it was kind of funny because of all places you thought of going to Olive Garden, which I can't even remember the last time we went to Olive Garden. Can you? No. I mean, it's at least been a solid year. No, it's been longer than a year, at least for me. Because when I walked in, I was just like, oh, I didn't even recognize it. Like, it looked like there was just a lot of stuff that were there that wasn't there before. So that kind of thing. So who have I been taking to Olive Garden and not been telling anybody about? Wait a minute. Are you taking people secretly to Olive Garden? Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> Apparently that's like, you know, how like some you know, some people take other people to Red Lobster, you know, on good days. Apparently I've been like sliding past um other people and going to Olive Garden. I've been doing the dirt. Okay, maybe we should unpack this before we go. No, I don't really don't think we should. Because I know that I haven't been to Olive Garden, and it's been well over a year. <laughs> Oops. Because we don't normally go. You know what, though? Am I allowed to say your sister really loves Olive Garden? <laughs> yes, my sister's probably got steak in Olive Garden somewhere. Every time we go and visit her, it's so funny because I love to cook, and I always tease her because she is not a big cook. <laughs> she picks her moments. And so, but she is really quick with ordering Olive Garden. In fact, didn't you say they like know what she wants? They know her by her order. Yes, pretty much. They got her number like on you know, speed dial. So I tease Thomas all the time, but she probably has like her own parking session. 
you know how they have like the Olive Garden to go, and then they probably have one that's just reserved for your sister. Yeah, they have they have the Tony Lane. <laughs> it's just a picture of Tony there in her parking spot. You know, thumbs up. <laughs> so anyway, we went to Olive Garden and it was a nice evening. And although we got through it, we it did turn into a bit of a, an issue. And it's kind of my fault. <laughs> what did you do? You know what I did. It was, okay, it was the story that I told you about when we were in college. Because Big Daddy and I went to the same college. We met at Fall State years ago. And when I first started going to Olive Garden, growing up in a big family, going to a restaurant like Olive Garden was sort of like a rare treat. Because, you know, I had two brothers who really love to eat and sometimes just ordering an entree as opposed to going to something like a buffet was really not practical for us. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I went to college and even though I, I don't normally eat at Olive Garden at all anymore. Cause you know, there's just so many better places to go if you want Italian food. But that said, when I was in college, that unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks, Oh, man, we ate like kings in college because, you know, you're broke in college and you can't beat that price. Right on. So um, my girlfriends and I, um, we used to go to Olive Garden and it was like a really big deal. And we would put our money together and we would go. And one of the things that was, the well, there was two things you look for in Olive Garden. One is you look for the little creme de mint chocolates that they give you at the end of the meal. Right. And if you guys have ever had that, it's like chocolate on one side and it has like that, you know, minty flavored candy on the other. And oh, my God, those are great. So you look forward to that. But the other thing you look forward to Olive Garden is you look for the cheese (laughs) and they have like this little rotary grater and they have Parmesan cheese. And usually when they serve you the salad, they'll ask you, okay. We're going to start. Would you like cheese? And you say, yes, just tell us when. And then you have that, that moment where you're just kind of awkwardly staring at them. Like, you know, we're not going to say when, because it's cheese and cheese is great. Who's going to turn cheese down? Well, well, you would, because you don't yeah. like cheese. I mean, I, hey, I <laughs> it's not that I don't like cheese. Cheese just doesn't always like me. Yes, that is true. But, and I was telling Big Daddy this story, how one day, when we were all in college, I would say it's maybe about my junior year. After a couple years of, you know, meeting together for the unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks, my good friend Nan was bold enough to look the person in the eye when they brought the cheese grater. And she says, you know, why don't you just leave the cheese skater at the table? And they did. He's like, okay. And he leaves the cheese grater at the table and walks away. And my girlfriend, Angie, and I were like, whoa, like (laughs) Nancy had this like Jedi mind trick that was able to make them leave the cheese grater. I was blown away. I didn't know that was an option. I was like, oh, my God, did you did you tell them to leave the cheese grater? And Nancy's like, yes, I did. Yeah. She was rather proud of herself. So and lo and behold, we just thought maybe he was just kidding. Right. Mm -hmm. No, he never came back to the cheese grater. So we just happily ate the cheese. We just, it was the best meal ever. And so I told Big Daddy this story while we're at Olive Garden. 
And I told him how I was always in awe that Nan was able to do that. So about a year later, I think it was our senior year, I was just like, I was at Olive Garden. And I don't remember who I was with. I think it was with like a coworker. <laughs> um, we were, I was an RA at the time. And they come by with a cheese grater. And they're like, say when? And I'm like, you know, could you leave the cheese grater? I remember being less forceful than Nan, right? Like, please, sir, can you leave the cheese and walk away? <laughs> and sure enough, the lady was like, okay. And like left the cheese grater. And I just remember feeling like the baddest bitch in the place. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yes, I got her to leave the cheese grater. So I'm telling him the story during appetizers. I get up to go to the bathroom and then I come back and they have brought the dinner in my absence. But then hilariously enough, there's this plate, right? <laughs> this separate plate with like a pile of cheese on it. <laughs> and I was like, the hell? <laughs> I was like, is there a reason why next to my shrimp skippy there's a pile of cheese. And you said, <laughs> remember you tried to get them to leave the cheese? Yeah, I <laughs> felt compelled, you know, emboldened, if you will, that if she can do it, then <laughs> I could take a stab at this and say, hey, <laughs> let me take, let me say, hey. And the lady came back. She's dropping off there and she's like, uh, so would you like any cheese on top of your, uh, your entree and I was like no no I think I'm pretty much good it's like well Goober here was uh, absent she turns and she says well would your wife like uh, some cheese on top of her entree and I was like yeah I think she would and so she whips out this little plate and she's like uh, what do you think and you know she's starting to you know dispense the cheese grating if you will and I felt, you know, confident enough to say, hey, no, no, no. Just put the grater down <laughs> and step away slowly. <laughs> and she said to me, no, nah, we were not allowed to do that. And I'm like, she'll say what? <laughs> you, 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 are you, you telling me you can't give me the cheese? <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm sorry. We cannot give you the cheese grater. The cheese grater is at a uh, a premium here. You know, we only have so many cheese graters. And I'm like, that ain't my problem. <laughs> but apparently, yes, I I could, you know, I don't have, you know, the power of the goober to like, you know, randomly, you know, drop, you know, put cheese graters on tables and walking away. So, no, I was not fortunate enough to just have them leave it. And so he tells me this story. And I'm like, die laughing. And I feel bad, right? Because obviously you asked for the cheese grater and it was turned down. Yes. <laughs> so then she comes back, right? And so she says, how was your meal? And I said, oh, it's delicious, you know. And she asked Big Daddy, yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. And then Big Daddy's like, I I just want to say it with you here. <laughs> I want I I want to make sure we got confirmation <laughs> that I attempted to have you leave the cheese grater on the table. 
And the lady starts laughing. She goes, yeah, he, he did make a good effort. <laughs> yeah, I made a good effort. And then she's she said, you know, how I guess cheese graters at this particular Olive Garden, as opposed to the one in Muncie I went to years ago. This particular Olive Garden, there's not a lot of cheese graters to go around. And so they apparently fight over the cheese graters. And so, and then she felt bad for turning me down. And so she put more cheese on the plate. So I wound up with this huge pile of Parmesan cheese on the plate. But I'm laughing because I can just imagine Big Daddy, you know, being turned down (laughs) for trying to abscond the cheese grater. (laughs) And I'm feeling slightly guilty because I know you asked for it because of what I said. Yes, I did. I I was turned down. I, but, was, I was hurt. But here's the funny part. Okay. Yes. So remember what I said about the two reasons why you go to Olive Garden, really. One is the cheese, right? Yes. But then the other reason are the little dinner mints. Because really, Olive Garden, I mean, they have okay Italian food, but it's not like legit Italian food or whatever. But it's pretty good for mass-produced Italian food. Mm-hmm. But the little mints, the little mints are amazing. It's the little chocolate mints. <clears throat> so the lady comes back. I honestly feel bad because you could tell she felt like she was in a weird spot by your demand for her to leave the cheese. I wasn't demanding. It wasn't like I was <laughs> like I was like, you know, like I was gonna hold up like, you know, a weapon and say, listen. What well, no, you no, no. did was indicate she should just leave the cheese grater and walk away. Back away slowly. Yeah. I was like, hey, hey, hey. Put the cheese grater down. <laughs> Put the cheese grater down. And step away slowly. Slowly. But no. Apparently, yes. Dinner mints, whole another story. So anyway, I thank her for the meal. And I saw her holding the dinner mints. And I was like, oh my gosh. I almost forgot. I haven't been to Olive Garden in a while. I really love the dinner mints. The dinner mints were the best part. So she has dinner mints that I think she was going to hand out to other tables. And she wants up to saying. Oh, thank you for coming. You guys were great. And then she gives me all the dinner mints that are in her hand. So instead of just getting one dinner mint per person, which is what they normally do, I wound up with this wonderful, delicious pile of dinner chocolate mints to take home. And Big Daddy looked at me like, how the hell did you do that? Yes. Okay, no, 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 no. We're going to bust the game of the goober right now. Somehow the goober has this ability, like this kinetic psychic ability to talk to certain people and get certain things out of them, like randomly going and getting, what was it, a ranch? Oh, yeah, that one time that we were in a restaurant. Yeah. And we were talking about ranch. And the next thing I know, like someone pops up with a bottle of ranch for us. Or better yet, when we went to designer desserts that one time and the person recognized me yes and he said oh you normally go to the the valparaiso store because we were the Sherville store and they caught me one of the the cup the yeah they, they, they slide a donut on her for free or my- i'm sorry a cupcake i'm sorry yes a cupcake they slide an extra cupcake for free i'm like wait a minute i've <laughs> been here more times than you have I'm a pretty, I don't know. I like to believe that I have a face that people recognize. Maybe not a, a pretty face. <laughs> I, I, I'm not like little Richard Pretty. But I like to believe that people know me. 
or they at least know what I look like. But now, <laughs> Goober walks in. Oh, oh no, no, no. It's the gourmet Goober. We got to hook up with a cupcake. Uh, my absolute favorite, there's a donut shop in Crown Point that makes this particular donut that's not always on the menu called the Grape Escape. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when Big Daddy goes there, they'll actually make one special for me to send back. Yes. <laughs> you have the power of suggestion. <laughs> you just mention the gourmet goober in certain places of the town. And they're like, oh, no, it's the goober? Oh, hold on. We got a little sampoja. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, I think we have an extra donut. Um, do, do you want some extra cheese? Uh, as a matter of fact, we'll give you an extra, like, you know, thing of coffee. Okay, to be fair, it doesn't happen all the time. It's kind of weird when it happens, right? And it's sort of weird because I don't really see myself in that space, even though I've been food blogging and covering the area and, you know, been in the media for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I still think it's kind of weird, but I'm very grateful when it happens, especially with the Great Escape, because that donut is amazing. But, but yeah, it, it was just kind of considering how the attempt to get the cheese went and the fact that we were able to get the chocolates, that was kind of like next level hilarious at that point. And maybe I was just so tired I was slap happy, but I just thought it was just hysterical, especially the look on your face. Yeah, I'm like in shock, like, okay, this, you know, this food blogging thing is a nice, sexy little racket. <laughs> Get to get me a little more deeper into this. I mean, I'm not, I'm just not getting any respect up in here. <laughs> well, I, I just want to thank everyone in Olive Garden. It was good, and mm -hmm. for the extra chocolates, and thank you to Big Daddy for <laughs> the laugh, and more importantly, giving us a chance to reconnect. Um, and yeah, I, I, I guess the lesson learned here is. Be careful who you ask for for the extra cheese because, you know, they may not have the gift. <laughs> no, you have to hustle them hard. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> so is there, before we move on to the next segment, is there anything else you want to share about your week? No, no. I'm pretty much solid with that. You know, Goober wins. Goober won. <laughs> Me, zip. <laughs> okay, on that note. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about um, things um, that we'd like to share in the What's Eating Us pop culture segment. You're listening to The Gourmet Goober. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. This is JJ Outlaw. And T. Outlaw. And we're the co-hosts with The Gourmet Goober podcast with a very important question. Are you a little gourmet or a lot wretched? <laughs> or maybe you consider yourself gumbo-worthy. Hey, if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then you need to tell the world with your very own Goober swag. From mugs and aprons to t-shirts and sweatshirts, it's the perfect way to show your love for the Gourmet Goober podcast and, you know, help us keep the lights on in the process. <laughs> so if you are a little bit gourmet and a lot wretched, Head on over to gooberswag.com, that's gooberswag.com, and get your very own Goober gear today. Tell them Big Daddy sent you. That's right. Tell them. Hey, everyone. We are back. This is JJ Outlaw. 
And I'm with T Outlaw, and you are listening to the Gourmet Cooper podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. And we are back at the pop culture segment of the podcast where we talk about the intersection of food culture and pop culture we like to call what's eating us. We're getting into some gangster stuff now. <laughs> and this week we were really blessed because we have a ton of great stuff to talk about. Um, one thing that came up that we were talking about actually over the break that I think is actually pretty cool um, involves uh, McDonald's. McDonald's? And not necessarily McDonald's is cool in and of itself because, you know, it's fast food and, you know, McDonald's is pretty much a ubiquitous product, so you can find it anywhere. But mm-hmm, yeah. actually, the McDonald's um, Happy Meal is getting ready to celebrate its 40th anniversary this year. Okay. Um, and to celebrate this milestone, the fast food brand is actually bringing back some of its most iconic Happy Meal toys. Um, so they are actually going to be introducing the Happy Meal boxes, um, and the toys from November 7th through the 11th. And it's called the Surprise Happy Meal. And what that means is you don't know what you're getting. But you listen to this. Some of the things that they're bringing back is everything from Patty the Patterpuss Beanie Baby, which was introduced in 1997. So you have three times real fast. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Um, it's bringing back the Red Power Ranger. Um, for you especially, I think you'd be excited about this. The 1996 Space Jam Bugs Bunny. Why would you think I would be impressed by that? Dude, you are obsessed with Space Jam. How many times have you seen Space Jam? How many times have you seen The Untouchables? I have seen The Untouchables more than 30 times. I admit that. It's my favorite movie. Okay, maybe I've seen Space Jam about that. Okay. Fair enough. I stand correct. <laughs> um, they also have a My Little Pony doll from 1998. Um, those enorm- um really creep. I always found them creepy. But the Tamagotchi e-pets, you remember those things where they they look like the size of a little key fob, right? Okay. And it has like a face of like an animal or a creature on it. The voice of, oh, I'm saying the face of doom. Yeah, pretty much. Because it's like Always, like, crying for food and everything. It's, like, supposed to be, like, you remember when we were in high school and the experiment where they gave you, like, a bag of flour or a doll and you're supposed to pretend to take care of it like a baby. Oh, like the the baby egg look bull? Right. The Tamagotchi was, like, an electric version of this. Mm -hmm. And so it all, like, my sister had one. And I wanted to, like, smash it with an (laughs) hammer by the time it was done because it was like always screaming for food or something i'm just like dude can you just be in someone's pocket shut up no <laughs> no that didn't last long around our area we were pretty much putting on the railroad tracks um they're even bringing back some toys from the 80s so <clears throat> they are bringing back grimace and the hamburglar the little um dolls from mcdonald land remember that Yes. No word on Birdie the Early Bird, by the way. Which, by the way, Birdie the Early Bird was always my favorite. Um, They are even bringing back... I don't know if you remember from the 80s, but those little... They're like these three McNugget characters. So, when they first introduced McDonald's McNuggets back in the 80s, there was one that was dressed like a fireman. Okay. There was one that was dressed like a cowboy. And there was one that was dressed like a mail carrier. There and was none that was strippers, right? 
Well, no, there was no there were strippers. However, I have to say the cowboy one was ruined forever for me because one of my friends as a child said it looked like he was wearing underwear. The little bandana. The bandana <laughs> looked like drawers. Yeah, the bandana they put around his neck because where it fell on him, it looked like he was wearing drawers. <laughs> and after a while, I was like, ew, no one is that. Okay. <laughs> now seeing the picture, now I'm like, come I'm, on. That just looks like underwear. Good lord. I'm (laughs) too sexy for my nuggets. Too sexy for these nuggets. (laughs) Too sexy. Look at my chicken. Okay. They're going to introduce a total of 15. What was that song? I have. I had a little rice in the fridge. I had to get out of me. (laughs) What was in dinner for you tonight? You have been especially lively today. I apologize. Hey. Brother makes some shrimp creole. I get a little funky, all right. I'm sorry. But continue, please. So there's gonna be a total of fifteen toys that'll be available in over ninety countries around the world to celebrate this. But US customers they'll actually get two extra Disney um toys that mm. they won't find anywhere else. So one of them I think is like the Sorcerer Apprentice. Mickey Mouse that came out in 2002 when they re-released Fantasia. Mm-hmm. And the other one, which is a 101 Dalmatian toy to celebrate its re-release from its original date in theaters back in 1997. Yeah, which is great and all. I'm just more interested. I mean, bringing back, you know, some of the classic toys is great and all. Bring back the classic packaging of the, you know, Happy Meal package. You know, that's a good point because... I think in recent years, they just put the Happy Meal in bags, which was no fun. But I remember when I was a kid, half the fun was getting the Happy Meal box. Because now they just have, like, this generic box when I do see the box, and it's just, like, a smile on it, which is kind of lame. No, Happy Meals were, like, a whole thing. Remember, like, the little mazes? Yeah. And little, like, games and puzzles and things you can answer and, like, little jokes? Yeah, even though the kids now are too stupid to get the... uh... To be able to do the puzzles or whatever games, they would be like, okay, if, unless it's Fortnite on it, <laughs> or like you know something that they could like you know download to their uh, iPhone or something, it's probably useless. Yeah, that is kind of a bummer, but they probably would do that. You're right. Yeah, and maybe that's thing. why it's not as interesting. You think? Yeah, but that's the thing. Like growing up, like there were iconic uh, things you had to like look forward to when you went to. Uh, some of the restaurants, like, of course, the Happy Meal. You go to Burger King, you get, like, the little crown. Of course, I still want the little crown. Is yeah. to say? <laughs> the crown's tight. Every time I see a kid with a crown, I'm like, I want one. <laughs> I want to be, like, you know, I want to be looking like, you know, Biggie Smalls, like, you know, my little big, uh, BK crown. That was tight. And then, like, Wendy's, I guess, like, you know, getting the classic Frosty and, you know, being able to chill deep with one. I like those. Yeah. But you didn't know the dip you're frying in one until you met me. See, there you go. You educated <laughs> me. Because that's the whole point of getting the Frosty is to dip your fry in it. No, my point of getting the Frosty <laughs> was to eat the Frosty. Well, yes, of course you eat the Frosty, but the icing on the cake is to dip your fry in the Frosty. No, I'm like, I, just like we talked about with my little problem with, you know, keeping things separate but equal. Yes. I like my french fry over here <laughs> and I would like my frosty over here. 
I don't need near the two to coexist as one. Okay, we're not going back into that discussion. I'm a military man. <laughs> I need a military meal now. Okay, LL Cool J from Toys. <laughs> I'm licking my lips right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chapstick kids. So anyway, congratulations to McDonald's for the 40th anniversary of the Happy Meal. Hopefully some kids will really enjoy that. Um, I, for one, am like really psyched. Um, I may get the Happy Meal just for the burglar and and the grimace. I wish you knew which was in it, right? But I guess part of the fun is not knowing what toy you're going to get. And the good thing is that if they do it that way, the way they're looking to do it as well, which I think is kind of cool, it's like gender neutral. So mm-hmm. maybe if you're a kid and you're a boy, you'll get the My Little Pony doll. There's no problem with that. Because um, I remember when I was a kid, it was very much so separated by gender. Okay. And I remember one time there was like this parent who was like pissed because their son got a Barbie, and I was like, dude, it's a free toy. You didn't pay for that. <laughs> Shave it and be about your life. Come on. You don't know what's going to happen to that kid. Yeah. <laughs> it could be, you know, present in the United States. Yeah, but anyway, um, that sounds like it's a lot of fun. Speaking of returns, there is one huge return we should all celebrate coming back this weekend. Okay. And that is a return. da 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 the Popeyes, the Popeyes chicken sandwich, after being gone off the shelves, because we all collectively as a country ate seven months of chicken, seven weeks, what was it, seven weeks worth of sandwiches in two, two weeks. weeks? Yes. <laughs> so Popeyes is announcing that they're bringing back the sandwich, and they are doing so in a very strategic way. Um, if you may recall, the original hashtag chicken war started when Popeyes were rolling out their first nationwide sandwich um, release of a sandwich over the summer, and in doing so, began to troll its major competitor in that area of chicken sandwiches, Chick-fil-A, and talking about the sandwich itself. People took sides on social media, feelings were hurt, (laughs) other (laughs) restaurants got involved, and was also justly trolled. Um, but in the end, one sandwich proved victorious, and that was the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And it summarily went out of <laughs> supply to the point where they actually, at one point, suggested while people wait for the return of the chicken sandwich, for them to bring their own buns to <laughs> Popeye's, buy three chicken tenders, and, quote, make your own sandwich. It got that bad. Yeah. There were feelings. They were caught. People got in, got all mad. Things occurred. And then we all had to take a collective breath and get our minds back right. So while we were taking our collective breath, Popeyes decided to actually work with vendors. And they actually were able to get a new chicken sandwich release in time. And I heard this was like a top secret um, thing that they were slowly building up for. They were building up hiring they're actually putting new plans in place to make sure they don't have the long lines that occurred when the chicken sandwich took place, was first released. And going back to being strategic on how they're releasing the chicken sandwich, mm-hmm. they're actually releasing the chicken sandwich this Sunday, November 3rd, at their restaurants under National Sandwich Day, which sounds like it's a, a pretty you know, appropriate thing to do, but they also did it strategically on a Sunday for one reason, 
And that is to troll Chick-fil-A because as you may know, Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. That is true. <laughs> they even went as far as actually doing a viral campaign where there's this sign that says Chick-fil-A closed Sunday. And right next to it, it's a Popeye sign that says open Sundays. <laughs> what made it all the better for their trolling is actually Chick-fil-A sort of fell into this where they made a mistake where they sent out an email um, that went out this week promoting National Sandwich Day themselves because they were planning to do this great promotion. And the email read, calling all chicken lovers, some prefer it grilled, others fancy the original. No matter which Chick-fil-A sandwich you love, order yours on November 3rd for National Sandwich Day. And then they re- realized, I oop, we're closed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to which Popeyes tweeted, well, this is awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do you think? Are you excited about the chick um the chicken sandwich return? How am do you feel I, about it? Am I excited about the chicken sandwich return? I'm in my head about this because one, of course, we all should rejoice in the fact that the chicken sandwich from Popeyes as it came out. And all the hubbub about it um, would come back was pretty tremendous. And before, like, the point in which it ran out, you know, there were only X amount of people that were getting this thing. So I felt special, like, okay, I did and other people didn't around me. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm better than you. Yeah, I know somebody in particular. And I think I talked about her previously on the show. Mm-hmm. who actually never had a chance to try it. And she was actually in line at this Popeye's chicken that was so bad. They actually shut the front door. And the only way you could order the food was going through the drive-thru because it was such like a huge demand for it. And then what made it so bad was <laughs> that they actually came to like the door and like knocked on the doors of the car in the drive-thru saying, hey, if you're here for the chicken sandwich route. So like, no, 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 don't, 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 don't. How much would that suck? Yeah, because I would be like waiting for people. I'll be following people from Popeye's home. Be like, listen. So, what wh- what you gonna do about this chicken sandwich? <laughs> be like, so you got you got you got a nice little oven right there. So what you gonna do? You gonna hook me up? Come on, <laughs> hook a brother up. Yes, but my thing is, and this is me being like semi serious. Um, be. Concern I have right now is that, you know, it's kind of like you know when Michael Jackson came out with Thriller. You're wait, you're comparing the chicken sandwich to Thriller. Hey, I have a point here. Okay. <laughs> but my contention is like because when Michael Jackson came out with Thriller, it was like this big, huge boom. Like you know, it's like it took the world by storm. And then they came out with Bad, which is not a bad album. It was a cool-ass album. The thing was, it was not Thriller. So thus, you know, they could say that, like, we're coming out with the chicken sandwich, but was it exactly like the original? Oh, yeah, it is. Are we exactly sure? Like, you know, are we getting the same quality of chicken, or are we just getting some dried up, like, you know, rehash? Are they going through a different vendor? So thus... Are we getting the right kind of chicken? I just want to make sure that it's going to be exactly the way I remember it, like a few months back. I'm guessing that they are, because they've already tried to pull the 
well, the chicken tenders like the chicken. And people are like, no, homie, mm, we're not falling no. for that. No, we ain't so, cutting it. Yeah. So I have a feeling if they don't get it exactly right, it's it's going to be pandemonium. Yeah. I don't need a crystal Pepsi or, a, you know, like, what was it? When they changed the formula of the Coke. Right. I don't need them, like, you know, altering any portion of this because, you know, for the people who did, like me, that did get the original, we don't need any substitutions because that's going to cause a bigger problem than just saying, hey, we, you know, we bring out another sandwich. So, yeah, I'm excited. I just want to make sure that they bring back the chicken sandwich in the exact form <laughs> that it came out originally. We don't need any, like, you know, we don't, we don't need little playground type movements here. We need the real thing. One thing I got to say is kudos to Popeyes, though, for how brilliantly they rolled out this campaign to reinduce the sandwich. Especially given all the grief that they got as a company when they ran out of chicken. Because, dude, chicken's in your name. How can you run out of a chicken breast? But apparently they did. Um, so Actually, the, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say the fact that they were able to re um, keep interest in the sandwich going, right? Mm -hmm. And they were able to keep interest in them as a country. Um, company, rather, and to roll out the chicken in such a way that it's really kind of freaking ingenious in how they're trolling <laughs> um, their major competitor in the process, thus building more interest. Yes. That, I don't know who's in their, who's responsible for their marketing, but dude, give that person an ad award because that is just next level brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and that was what I was going to piggyback on was the fact that when we talked about the Great Chicken Wars and Popeyes. Remember how we said that they got this $23 million of free publicity? Yeah, they never put out one single commercial. Even now, yeah. there's no commercial announcing the return of the chicken sandwich. We just know. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, the bass signal was thrown out. And all of a sudden, people are like, well, the antennas are up. We're paying attention. Wait, what you got there? What you got in that bag, son? And they're like, well, we I think we're bringing back the chicken sandwich. Oh, hello. And we don't even need to market it. We just got a little low shade, you know, going by social media. We got you. We're paying attention. Let me ask a question. Yes. And that does lead to a good thing I've sometimes wondered. Do you think they really ran out of the chicken sandwich? Or do you think it's kind of like built up the interest they took it away for a minute so they could have this large, widespread panic um, panic, and then bringing it back. Because seriously, that would be the most brilliant marketing troll of all time if they really did it intentionally. I'm not 100% sure that they did not run out of the chicken sandwich because, well, okay. I know that it takes a certain breast material to make this chicken sandwich. Yeah, but there's but, still chickens out there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a, there are chickens. Like George Wallace has always said, <laughs> chickens are the only bird that don't die of natural causes. Right. <laughs> At least they do very rarely. But for all you nice people out there, um, uh, okay, it, it, it's not like they ran out of chicken, period. It is chicken. There's always been chicken <laughs> breasts. It's just a matter in which they pr mass produce this yeah. to get it into the stores. 
And it wasn't like they ran out of a two piece. Yeah, it wasn't they like yeah. Those. It wasn't like they ran out of tenders because you know they were willing to say, "Hey, come in with your bread, and you know we'll give you some tenders to throw on it." Thus making you know what do they do run out of sauce. Uh, there's something like mathematically in my head that says, in terms of your supply and demand, you've always had chicken parts. You just maybe didn't have a certain element of this to mass produce this chicken sandwich. So you're getting by on what? Publicity here? And that's the thing. I mean, when they bring it back on November the 3rd, because um, remember the first time they rolled out the ch- sandwich, it was supposed to be on a trial run. When they bring it back, it's a permanent part of their menu. So that's why, even though I'm going to take them at their word, there's still a small portion of me that's just thinking, you know, if they manufacture this, this would just be the most brilliant troll of all time. It is absolutely brilliant. (laughs) Wait a minute. Hold on. What? I just thought about something. What's that? Alexa, what's today's date? Today is Sunday, November 3rd. Oh, gotta go. See you later. <laughs> we have to finish the podcast. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. There's Pop- no Popeyes open this time of night. Why not? See, there we go. Popeyes. There you go. <laughs> what is wrong with this picture? You know when they have, like, um, Black Friday and they open the stores at, like, 4 a.m.? They're not going to open the store at 4 a.m. to roll out a chicken sandwich. Why not? Okay, first of all, we should not be eating a chicken sandwich at one in the morning, which is when we're recording right now. One okay, whatever time we're recording, why why can't they open at four a.m. If they want my money, <laughs> they need to do Black Friday like specials here. Okay, so on that note, just know that by the time you hear this podcast, the chicken sandwich will be out. So we're asking everybody to please be kind to the people who work at Popeye's. We know and they know that you have been waiting for this damn sandwich. Please be kind. They can only make the sandwich as fast as they can. Yeah. And let's all make sure that everyone can get a sandwich. So don't be that guy who stands in line and buys like 50 chicken sandwiches to sell out your car. (laughs) And try to get the next level. That's right. Popeye's sandwiches out your trunk. (laughs) You laugh, but wasn't there a member of the Wu-Tang Clan who tried to do that? Was there? Yes. Nice. (laughs) Speaking of chicken sandwiches, did you see this little boy? His name is Nathan Cummings. Mm -hmm. And he recently um, was featured on Good Morning America and different things um, because his mom made the most amazing Halloween outfit that I have ever seen. Okay. So she, her name is Nidra Cummings. She's a traveling nurse. Um, she's a mom to a two-year-old Nathan. And she decided for Halloween that Nathan would dress up as the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Really? Yes. It is so adorable. The detail that's on this, um, this outfit. He um, has like arms that look like fried chicken pieces. <laughs> There's little, um, you can see the little pickles and a little bun. He actually comes in a life-size Popeye's um, Louisiana kitchen box. And then she's dressed as Chicken Annie, the spokesperson of Popeye's Chicken. Okay, I gotta admit, that, 
that is spectacular one. They they won Halloween this year. Oh, they won Halloween forever. Okay. And there's a little sign. She took a picture of him. I think you can see it on Instagram. There's a little sign that's behind him that says sold out. <laughs> <laughs> so Nathan, wherever you are, you won Halloween forever, my man. That I don't know how you're gonna top that. And you're two. How do you top that? Outfit when you're like two and you're dressed as the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Next year it can come as a Chick Fil A sandwich, <laughs> complete with the closed Sunday sign. Yes. <laughs> you know who didn't win the chicken wars? In my opinion, it's Ooh. KFC. KFC totally did not win the chicken wars. No matter how you tried with that god awful idea of putting Cheetos. Look, people out there, this is my public service announcement. Foodies, non-foodies, I don't care who you are. Cheetos do not belong on everything, people. I don't know who came up with this idea to put Cheetos in a sandwich. In New York, I think the Knicks right now are actually selling Cheetos ice cream where you can get vanilla ice cream topped with Cheetos. They showed it on Deez's and Miro recently on oh, Showtime. my God. Yes. And there's this viral video that's going around, which... I'm telling y'all, if you forward it to me one more time in my time and my timeline in Twitter, I'm gonna be really mad. Where they took they took this turkey, right? Okay. And oh my god, they put like whole potatoes and a two pound block of cheddar cheese inside this turkey. Ew. What? And they covered the turkey with butter. <laughs> no, no, it gets better. And they took some flaming hot Cheetos, crushed it, and put it on top of the turkey. This is like crimes, people. People step away from the Cheetos. It is it does not belong on everything. Okay, that's terrific one. I'm like, what color once it comes out of the oven, is it even remotely recognizable as a turkey? Oh, it gets worse. So they cut the Cheetos open, because remember it's I mean, the turkey open, because remember, there's like a, a whole ass block of cheddar cheese in it. Mm-hmm. And there's like this river cheddar cheese Ooh. that they take the baked potato that baked inside the turkey, dipped it in it. So they just literally took like this turkey leg, which was this obscene color of red. <laughs> and then next to it, as your side dish, is just a blob of cheddar with a potato in it. I, I don't know who did this, but that's violence against food. Yeah, that's masochism of a turkey. That that's like a turducken gone way wrong. Way wrong. <laughs> wow. Like, that actually is giving me, like, lamb-like chicken flashbacks. Hold on, I'm going to need a minute. Oh, that's like lamb-like chicken to the next level. Yeah. Sorry to call out Ball State for the third time. <laughs> <laughs> During our third week in a row in our podcast, but seriously, the limelight chicken must go. But that said, KFC's big answer to the chicken sandwich wars was to roll out their own um, Cheetos top chicken sandwich. Dude, just just follow up with eleven herbs and spices you claim is in the chicken. Okay, you don't have to top it with Cheetos. That's disgusting. So they clearly didn't win, no. but. One thing that you found that I thought it was hysterical was KFC in Australia is organizing and paying for six chicken themed weddings in Australia 
for couples who plan to get married between November 2019 and May 2020. So the fast food giant has promised to supply its famous fried chicken out of a KFC food truck, along with chicken-themed decorations, music, um, activities, which I'm kind of wondering what the chicken-themed activity is. I mean, there's only so many things do, in the do chicken do dance. A chi- do. Wait a minute, do they do a chicken dance? Of course they would. Okay. Now, in order to score a free reception, the couples have to submit 200 words online by October 18th. So, unfortunately, if you're listening in Australia, and I think we have one or two listeners in Australia, okay. y'all too late. Sorry. But you have to describe why a KFC wedding would be your dream celebration. But, I mean, on one hand, yes, I'm sure you're getting some much-needed publicity. But on the other hand, would you want KFC to... Okay, maybe I'm just hung up on the chicken-themed activities. Like, what the hell would that be? Didn't they also include a chicken officiant? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. Well, wait. I, I think it's an efficient for the wedding, but is the efficient dressed like chicken? I don't know. Oh, that would be weird. Maybe they're dressed like the colonel. Maybe that's... Okay, I would almost see it if it's dressed like the colonel. Mm-hmm. But if it's dressed like a chicken... Yeah, we, we can't get down. It's like a, you know, Elvis chicken. Mm, nah, mm, no, nah, not seeing that. But I guess if if you're asking, like, would someone like me be interested in a chicken-themed wedding? Yeah, 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 I would do. You would actually do it? My, really? parents, my parents are no longer with me, Celeste. They can't see the, you know, the magic, you know, cray that this would be. But, but you yeah. have to live with it knowing that we have a chicken theme wedding. First of all, as black people, I'm not really sure that's something we should encourage. I know Given the stereotypes look. about black people and fried chicken. I think that's something deeply disturbing about that. Well, I'm not asking for fuzzy <laughs> yeah. I'm not asking for fuzzy yellows like, you know, acceptance, but that being said, Nah, it's my wedding. It's not like I have yeah. to. Plus, I'm like, if if KFC is paying for it, I'm there. <laughs> I'm on, like, I'm with, there with the boat. All I got to do is show up and make sure I don't get any, uh, you know, grease stains on my, my jacket. Well, now that I think about it, is it really all that different than the time we were in Vegas and I thought it would be cool for us to be married by a Klingon? Yeah, that's same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You I know. still think the Klingon would probably be a better choice. No, live long and prosper <laughs> with chicken. <laughs> Although, if they do do that, I if I can make a suggestion, in Indianapolis, Indiana, if they were to hold this wedding in Indy, there's actually a company that runs the world-famous chicken limo. Okay. Have you seen it when you used to visit me when I lived in Indy when we were dating? I think you showed that to me once. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's like this old-style... Um, what was it? Like a Lincoln Town Car. Like, it's an old stretch limo. Mm-hmm. And it has on the top of it this giant chicken head. It is hysterical. <laughs> Actually, when we got married, I was so close to renting it for our wedding. <laughs> and my mom talked me out of it. <laughs> See, what y'all don't know <laughs> is that hell, technically... You always wonder what happened to that chicken head. Well, I kind of borrowed it like once and 
you know that squawk that you hear at the you know the theme music at the front of our video? The Thunder Chicken. The Thunder in front Chicken of our podcast. You wonder where they came from. <laughs> I got that bird. That is not true. The I Thunder Chicken um, is actually from a really great. You're just killing all my buzz. <laughs> look, look. Daptone Records were very kind enough to let us use that song. Yeah. So we're not going to disparage the Thunder Chicken theme song. I'm not disparaging the theme song. I'm just saying part of the bird noise might have come from that limo with the chicken head. Anyway. Mm. Um, well, congratulations to whoever they choose. But I'm telling you, KFC, if you were smart, you would buy the chicken limo and use the chicken limo as part of your promotion. How are they going to get it over there? Well, I'm, I'm sure they could recreate their own chicken limo. I mean, it wouldn't be the same. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's worth a try. Maybe they can do it in the United States and use the chicken limo, but only get married in Indianapolis because that's the only place I know that has it. <laughs> and if you guys, seriously, Google chicken limo sometime, it is amazingly hilarious looking. And it's kind of like a common thing. It's been around for at least 20 years. And it's just part of Indianapolis life because we're weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, one other thing we wanted to talk about um, before we hit our last segment is actually something that I saw earlier um, from Bon Appetit magazine. And they tweeted out this thing that I thought was really awesome, where they went to all of their cooks and contributors, and they asked one simple question. So when you're cooking, what music do you like to cook to? What song do you like? And so they put out a list of these are our favorite cooking songs. And I got to say, their list, I was worried that their list would be lame. But no, actually, they've got some really good stuff on here. Okay. So they have everything from Donna Summer's Bad Girls um, to, to Zion from Miss Lauren Hill. Nina Simone's Baltimore. Um, they have one of my all-time favorite songs, Chance the Rapper's Angels. Okay. Um, off his great um, mixtape called Coloring Book, which if you haven't heard Coloring Book, seriously, y'all, get your life. It's great. Um, they have Montana Jordan's This Is How We Do It. Um, mm-hmm. A great song by the Ramones called Sheena is a Punk Rocker. Um, to Solange's Don't Touch My Hair from her... Um, great album that she put out a couple years ago. So yeah, just tons of really great music, including Marvin Gaye's What's Going On and um, Elton John's um, Saturday Night is All Right for Fighting. So if you can check out the list, you can go to Bon Appetit. I think I'll put a link to it in the show notes this week. Okay. But yeah, I just... (laughs) Kudos to Bon Appetit and the people who work for you. Y'all got good taste. So I wanted to ask Big Daddy, because I know Big Daddy is the aficionado of cooking to music. What did you think of the list, first of all? And two, like, if you could add anything to the list, what type of music would you insist on adding? I think I know the answer, but I'd love to hear it from you. Just, yeah, just so I can, you know, make a fool of myself on on wax. Um, Let's start with the Bon Appetit list was actually pretty tight. I was actually very impressed. You know, they, they did some new school with a lot of old school and some and a lot of the choices I I very much favor and it actually does keep you know keep your body moving, keeps you know, keeps up everything healthy. Uh for the most part. I I have no problem with the list itself. 
I mean, there are a lot of people on the show that, like, when they are in their kitchen and they're listening to music, they have specific types of music that they listen to, different genres. And I like to believe that sometimes, you know, a little bit of country, a little bit of rock and roll, a little bit, you know, everybody has a thing. Mine, of course, will always be, you know, anything before 2006 because I pretty much am lost after that point. But, of course, you know, everything starts off with, you got to have a little James Brown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to have James moving in the kitchen. You know, like, none of this, like, no, please, 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 please don't. No, no, we don't need none of that. We need to get up on the good foot. We need to, like, you know, we need to have hot pants. You know, of course. You got to have big payback, you know. (laughs) You know, know, sometimes when you're being inappropriate with, you know, certain pieces of meat. You know, when you're inappropriate <laughs> touching. I know I'm getting in trouble for that every time, but sometimes, you know, you have to have a good relationship. You have to, like, keep it on the good foot and keep moving. But, uh, yeah, of course, James, maybe a little bare white, you know, to, you know, seduce your food to get <laughs> ready. To get it ready. Um, along with that, uh, some Isley Brothers. You know, I'm a big fan of, like, old school, like, Barquets. Uh, the, you know, the goober loves the temptations, four tops, the whispers, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm also a good funk guy. Like, you know, we're having like some good, you know, cameo, not just word up, but like, like candy, uh, of course, some Prince, because, you know, Prince will always like, you know, be the master of just good funkiness, you know, and, you know, sometimes they'll scare the share your chicken, but, uh, or, uh, your lamb. But, of course, me personally, you know, since I'm the person who ruled for more than the time in the, the movie Purple Rain. We will of course, talk about this another time because you watched the movie. Who watches Purple Rain and cheers for more than the time? Hey, I'm raising my <laughs> hand. But, no, of course, uh, Modi and the time, the original seven. I, of course, like, you know, like a little, you know, little chocolate. I like to jerk out, maybe with some jerk chicken. And, of course... My favorite obscure will be, you know, the skillet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all I want to know is can I fry a barbecue rib in the skillet? <laughs> yes, that's how I get down. I'm sorry, that's, that's not on Bon Appetit's list, but damn it, I'm throwing it in there. <laughs> Maybe the, like you know, the theme from Justin, uh, the theme from Justin's, you know, beans don't burn in the kitchen <laughs> or something like that. Uh, beans on burn on the grill. Took a hole, I tried in just to get up that hill. <laughs> I ain't gone completely I, off the rails with that Yes, one. you have, and I have no words for that, and that is hilarious. I'm okay. just going to let it be. No, come on, Goober, bring yours. What, what you got for Well, me? you know me. You know my answer, because growing up, um, even the nickname, the Gourmet Goober, it came from my dad, because my father, when I was younger, he was the one who actually taught me how to cook. And so for me, my earliest memories of cooking involves being in the kitchen and dancing around and putting the ingredients together and hanging out with my father. So cooking for me, has always been synonymous with like Motown, right? So I grew up listening to, you know, the Four Tops and the Temptations and just some of my favorite memories is just listening to that. And even now, sometimes I'll just put it on. And just, you know, listen to, you know, my girl and, you know, can't help myself because it just takes me back to a time when 
cooking was fun and it was just time to hang out with my father and that sort of thing. Outside of that, I don't know. I just like music that makes you feel good while you're cooking. So everything from Nina Simone's My Baby Just Cares For Me to James Brown's I Feel Good. And then some of my most, you know, favorite for modern ones, I think I already mentioned earlier in this segment, but Coloring Book by Chance the Rapper. Mm. That is like my favorite feel good album. I mean, Angels, it's just, Angels is like a love letter to Chicago. And I love this town and I love this area so much. So for me, listening to it gives me joy. Like when he shouts at WGCI, I'm like, yes! <laughs> you know, little Chano, yes, do that, man. But um, there's there's just so many different types. But I think I keep going back to the Motown one because, again, it's just solidified in my childhood. And Like uh, Marvin Gaye's uh, guy, always give it up. Yeah. But even outside of that, just a lot of old, you know, I find myself listening to a lot of old school stuff like Al Green and Gladys Knight and all of that. So it just really depends on what I'm making. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I find myself connecting that to cooking because that's my earliest memories of learning to enjoy it. Like Booker T and the MG's Green Onions. I think that's more you, though. You really like Booker T. Yeah. Yeah. I get down like that. I, I like how I'm thinking of all kind of like food related names here, but yeah. I always like uh, some good good songs. Like, you know, I heard Through Grapevine. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, man. I'm having a flashback now. But yeah. <laughs> some, of these, some of these songs are uh, some are iconic, but yeah. I always like to keep moving and grooving in the kitchen. So if you guys want to check out the list, again, I will put it in the show notes. It's a really great comprehensive list. And, you know, if you're listening, I'd really love to hear what you guys have to say about your favorite stuff as well. So if you listen and want to share your favorite songs to cook with, and you know what? I will actually put that on my Twitter feed as a question. Um, just tweet me um, at JJ Outlaw on Twitter and hashtag the goop, and I may include your response in our next podcast. Yeah, don't send it to me because I'll just look at you and be like... <laughs> Yeah, that, that's silly. <laughs> okay, so the last thing we want to talk about, um, it's kind of hard because it was really sad news, but we wanted to address it. And um, we on the Gourmet Goober, of course, we're a foodie podcast, but, you know, occasionally we talk about things that are related to pop culture that is not foodie. Or actually, we do that a lot because, again, you know, we want to talk about things that's relevant to the culture. And this... Um, week we actually got some really bad news and that's with the passing of actor and comedian John Witherspoon and if that name sounds familiar he should John Witherspoon when he passed away he was 77 years old he was an actor comedian who has for decades made audiences laugh in tv shows and films he was known for the Freddy franchise he was on the Wayne Brothers if you like um, adult animation like I do you may know him from the boondocks as the voice of granddad. Um, basically, it sounds like from what I've read from the tributes and realizing how many movies he's in, if you're in black and watch Hollywood films or you're black in Hollywood or you appreciate black culture, you know who John Woodson is. And so when he passed away this week, I found out from you, actually, I, I think it was I had gotten up from work and 
you were really sad and I asked you what happened and that's when you told me that he had passed away. Yeah, it was passed across the the wires uh late night uh I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday night and uh I was shook by the uh passing of John Wishman who was in uh, just like Jennifer Lewis is like everybody's mom in Black Hollywood, John Witherspoon had a uh, he had an enduring career, and he almost became the comedic black father and grandpa, and you know Roxas next door neighbor in Black Hollywood. Yeah, and listen to this because his background is just amazing. So this is from an article in Deadline about his passing, but. He was born in Detroit in 1942. He launched a stand-up comedy career and began acting in the late 70s with guest-starring TV roles. He was actually in the 1980 film The Jazz Singer. And then he went on to make just so many classics, right? Like Hollywood Shuffle, like Boomerang, which, dude, his role in Boomerang, he stole every show. Think about how many comedy greats were in Boomerang, right? And he stole every damn thing he was in. Playing David <laughs> Allen Greer's dad. Yes. Teaching everybody how to coordinate. <laughs> you gotta learn how to coordinate. Like, with the mushroom belt. Mushroom yes. jacket. And then he opened up the coat. And it was mushroom lining. Remember that? That's right. <laughs> oh my god, that was hilarious. And then... Cooked from everything from the root to the tutor. And then he made the most profane line of all time. Which was horrifying. Because I actually saw that line with my parents. Like, oh my god. But at the same time, it was funny as hell. You could not laugh. I'm not even going to say the line. I'm going to let you say it. You're going to let me say Oh, okay. So, I, <laughs> so now I got to take the bills. Like, you know. <laughs> Well, your parents didn't mind, apparently, when you saw it. No, my mama minded. <laughs> you know, my daddy, however, he was laughing his ass off. But yeah, uh, pretty much, yeah. You know, he and his wife, who I think was, I don't know, like, what relation she was to him. But, you know, he was saying, hey, hey, you know. You told Marcus Graham, hey, I, I heard that, you know, some woman got you pussy whipped. You know, come on now. Can't do that. Can't try to be pussy whipped. Got flipped that. Got flipped that. You know, don't be pussy whipped. Whip that pussy. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. <laughs> he said that and I just died. I was like, oh, my God. And then I was like, oh, my parents are here. <laughs> <laughs> But he was also in Vampire in Brooklyn. Yes. He was in Ladies Man. He was in all the Friday films. He was in House Party. And yes, he was in House Party. He was also in Soul uh, Soul Plane. Oh my God. Yes, he was in Soul Plane. He was on the, um, if you are a friend of Cartoon Network, like I said before, he was in the Boondocks, which is so tragic because the Boondocks just announced they were bringing it back with Mm -hmm. Aaron Magruder. And all the original people, including Regina King, playing both Huey and Riley Freeman. And so he was supposed to come back as the voice of Granddad when the Boombacks officially came back to HBO Max. Um, the other thing that was like funny, because I found out part of it, uh, John, uh, John Witherspoon's passing was from Regina King's uh, timeline on Twitter, was I completely forgot up until that point that in... Not only uh, Regina King playing Huey and Riley Freeman on the Boondocks, uh, he portrayed Granddad, but in the Friday pictures, he was Regina King's dad in the film. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. Dude, I totally forgot that. 
Yeah, so <laughs> it was just kind of, it was actually kind of ironic, but kind of cool. And I did not think about that. Yeah, John Witherspoon was everywhere, and he had this amazing gift of making people laugh. And so he will be greatly missed. I don't know how they're going to replace his voice on the boondocks because his voice is just so familiar. Um, I don't know anyone else who could do it. Um, so I hope that whatever they decide to do, they continue on with the project, um, that they play him, you know, every bit of, every bit of a tribute that he deserves. Cause he was just genius in everything he did. And he was just one of those people who just stole every scene he was in. So, yes, he was. Um, just, but, yeah, go ahead. Uh, oh, no, go ahead. The food link. Oh, yeah, I was about to bring that up. But um, we wanted to thank John Witherspoon for all the incredible things that he has done. And, and talking about John Witherspoon, I recently learned something really funny about John Witherspoon that you can actually see online right now. Um John Ritherspoon, apparently, in addition to everything else, was a great cook. Yes. And so he put out this um, YouTube videos. It was called Cooking for Poor People. <laughs> yes. And the Cooking for Poor People, it, he'd been putting it out for years off and on. So I think the earliest video was like nine years ago. Yes. But he has everything from tilapia to chicken wings to meatloaf. I think the last thing he did was gumbo. Which um, was actually recorded the day of his passing. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of it was, you know, just him doing his trademark comedy. So you get a chance to see some of his cooking, some of his comedy. I think it's hilarious. The theme song is actually based on a very <laughs> famous line from Friday about not going to bathroom for 39 or 30 or 35, 45 minutes. minutes. <laughs> that is actually the theme song of his cooking show. <laughs> but yeah, to the end, it sounds like he was just doing really great content and a whole variety of media and you'll definitely be list. He, he will. So shout out to his family. Um, I heard that he was actually, according to the statement they put out by deadline, he was survived by his wife, Angela, his sons, J.D. Alexander, and sons, both J.D. and Alexander, and a very large family. So, yes. And uh, now the world, we, we're all his family, at least all of us that were friends of his, and or I'm sorry, that were fans of his. Right. And he will, if for no other reason... Not only was he funny, he was just, he was a very humane, just glorious dude who taught a lot of guys from all different genres of music, acting, um, just in general, like sports, uh, just kind of helped us all, like, you know, grow up as young men and women. Yeah, one of his most iconic scenes in Friday, and I'll close it out was when he was talking to Ice Cube. And there's a scene where Ice Cube's character was going to go after the villain of the movie, and he had a gun. And he told him, okay, you need to put that gun down. You know, you need to put a man, be a man. And he put up his fist, and he said, real men fight with these. You know, you put up your dukes. You don't need that gun. 
And of course I'm characterizing, but it, in a very funny movie, it was a moment of rare drama that he just pulled off so effortlessly. And it kind of gave a glimpse to just this wide range of talent. And it was something that was far felt. And, you know, Ice Cube, he tweeted that the world will be less funnier without John in it. And I have to agree. So, you know, shout out to John Witherspoon. Thank you for all of the years of incredible decades of laughter. And um, we will miss you. Yes. So we're going to wrap up this segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast. When we come back, we will close out as we do every podcast talking about the best thing we ate this week. So you're listening to the Gourmet Goober. We'll be right back. This episode of the Gourmet Goober has been brought to you by Strideline. Strideline is a Gourmet Goober's first affiliate sponsor, and we are so glad to have them. It was started by two high school friends 10 years ago who set out to make the world's most comfortable socks. <laughs> 10 years later, 15 redesigns, and over 5 million socks sold, I have to say they nailed it. And, you know, thousands of customers can't be wrong. In fact, they're favored by professional athletes. Um, people who really care about their footwear. They're even the official socks of Marshawn Lynch. You know, that Marshawn Lynch beast mode. So go to straightline.com and check out their selection. And the great thing is you can use offer code GGOOBER, that's G-G-O-O-B-E-R, and get 10% off your own order of Line. Hey, we are so proud to bring them on here as a sponsor. And I don't care if you're a pro athlete, weekend warrior, you just like having comfortable socks. <laughs> Everyone can use them. So go to straightline.com, use the offer code, and get that discount today. You can save 10%. The best part, you can take advantage of that, um, but gotta hurry because the discount officially ends on November 30th. So straightline.com, offer code GGoober. Thanks, Strideline, for sponsoring the Gourmet Goober. I'm so proud to be a brand ambassador. Now back to the show. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Emily. And we're the hosts of A Dark Cup of History, a spin-off series to our regular podcast, A Nice Cup of History, where we dive headfirst into the weird and paranormal aspects of the world we all live in. If you want to know your woman in red from your woman in white, or precautions to take against demonic dolls, and just where to go to find Black Shuck on a moonlit night, why not give us a listen? Together we talk about the dark, creepy, and downright terrifying parts of our history and folklore as well as what you should do if you ever encounter any of them. Interested? Come and find us in Buzzsprout, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. So turn on the lights, grab a blanket and some rock salt, and, and let's, let's get, get dark. dark. Hey everybody, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And you are listening to the Gourmet Goober Podcast. We are back after a brief break to close out our podcast as we do every podcast by talking about the best thing we ate this week. That's when we share some of our culinary joys that we found at some of the great restaurants and experiences in the Chicagoland area and beyond. And as always, anytime that we talk about a new restaurant, a new dining establishment, you know, our new favorite hole in the wall, if you will, no matter where we go, we'll always put those, um, 
spaces in our show notes. So that way we can um, share with you where to go and you can experience it for yourself. So this week, as we do every week, we start off with Big Daddy sharing his thoughts on the best thing he ate this week. So what's your thoughts? Where's your chosen place? Well, in my little neck of the woods, I happened to across an establishment in the loop, uh, really not by accident. I, on Wednesday, I went out on the way to work, and I happened to come across a cafeteria-like establishment called... Um, I completely forgot the name of the place. In the Cafecito? You're Thank you. About. Yes. <laughs> I, I think we've been doing this for a little while, so bear with me. <laughs> yes, we. I came across a place called Cafecito, and I went in there looking for a traditional Cubano sandwich, uh, Cuban-style made, and by accident, I came across and partook of a dish called... Guabacue, which is basically like a Cubano sandwich, but with a little bit more spice and made from barbecue pork and mm. with pickles and coleslaw. I'm not like a coleslaw nor a pickle person, but this was one hell of a dish. I must say it was quite tasty. Was it pressed like a Cuban sandwich? Yes, it was. Mm. Oh my gosh, that is the best part. And if you guys aren't familiar with Cuban sandwiches... They are amazing. They're made with pork and different types of pork. And it's between two slices of Cuban bread. Usually comes with cheese, pickles. And then when I refer to press, it's kind of like with a panini press where you put it between two hot plates and, you know, cook it that way. So everything is all nice and toasty and melty and delicious. And yeah, there is nothing like a pressed Cuban sandwich. But I never thought to eat it with like barbecued meat. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like, you know, it's basically like a Cubano sandwich, you know, straight Cuban dish. But it had, uh, the pork was uh, a little bit more barbecue flavored. Mm, that sounds really, really good. Mm. And you said you went to the one and on the loop or just off the loop? Yeah, it was in the loop on Wells. Okay. But I've heard of Cafe, um, um, Cafecito, rather. Um, Cafecito, I've heard of that before. Um, a good friend of mine recommended it because I used to live in Tampa after grad school and I became obsessed with the Cuban food that you find in Ybor City. Um, so like every time I come and visit my friends, the first thing they know is just like, dude, take me to Ybor so I can get a good Cuban sandwich and some Cuban coffee. Yes. yes. And so I've been looking for a really good place ever since I moved back up north to kind of feed that like craving every so often. So would this satisfy that craving? I think it would take a good shot. Good. Ooh, I can't wait to try this place. This is really cool. And I, I understand Cafe Cito actually has multiple locations, right? Yes, they do. They just opened a new uh, spot in on Fullerton. Oh, cool, cool. Well, again, um, all of these locations are in the Chicagoland area. So for those of you who come to the Windy City and want to try Cafecito among some of the other must-see places um, in the area, we will put the details in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. 
You know, before I get to mine, I was just thinking, how would you feel about doing a podcast? Because a lot of what we recommend on like the best thing we ate um, are in Chicagoland. And we should like totally do a show that's like dedicated to like must eats places in Chicago. Wouldn't okay. it be cool? Yeah. It'd be worth taking a shot. I'm always up for uh, going to different places and partaking of different meats and cheeses and culinary dishes. You know what? We should like <laughs> come up with our own award system or something kind of like that crazy award that like the, what's it? Is it the post tribune gives out awards every year for like the places you go eat. And then usually these are like bougie places that are all in one place anyway. <laughs> yes. Of course we, we won't be doing the bougie Oh, the bougie awards that would be kind of awesome but the bougie <laughs> the bougie mm-hmm. the one finger in the one picky finger in the one air award <laughs> yeah well i was just thinking of something simple like we could call them the goobers or something <laughs> you call it the goobers <laughs> we can even like give the restaurants a sticker that says goober approve and it'll be like us with our thumbs up or something stupid <laughs> that's right but Which yeah, thing? we should like totally do that. That should be fun. So yeah, look for that, you guys. I think that might be something we'll do. Let's make it hot. <laughs> well, my choice for the best thing I ate this week is actually something a little bit closer to home. Um, Big Daddy, although I do the majority of the cooking, um, and that's because I just really love to cook. Big Daddy and I, we usually have an agreement that on his days off, he makes dinner for me. Um, and... Or I find a local pizza joint. He finds a local pizza joint or our favorite Euro place. <laughs> and or they hook us up with some Euros. Or the fried chicken joint right down the street. Yeah, they, they kind of know us. It's kind of yeah. embarrassing. I'm on speed dial. <laughs> they like know us as soon as we put in our order. I call in, oh, are you ordering for yourself? Yeah. You're getting the gizzards, right? Lemon pepper? Yeah. <laughs> you ordering for your husband and you? Wings, lemon pepper, right? Pizza puff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real pizza puff, dog. <laughs> so anyway, now that we've shared our very sad. <laughs> the original pizza puff, dog. <laughs> you know, the original pizza puff is not a sponsor. So repeating that, it's not helping us any. I can always try. <laughs> if you're listening, hook me up, dog. <laughs> Um, my favorite thing for the best thing I ate this week was actually Big Daddy's, um, Grandma Bounds, um, Who? shrimp, Grandma Browns? <laughs> I said Browns? Brown. <laughs> Grandma Browns Shrimp Creole. And it's a dish that he has made on multiple occasions. It's really, really delicious. He makes it from scratch, from the shrimp to the sauce. He actually adds bacon to the um, to the shrimp creole, which is something that you normally don't get in a shrimp creole. So the bacon just adds an extra layer of smokiness um, to the already delicious tomato sauce. Bacon makes everything sexy. <laughs> well, yes, it does. Yes. And um, it is really, really a delicious treat. And um, it, this has been a particularly hard week, I think I alluded to earlier. Seriously, today has been my first day off in about six days, and I was exhausted. I was actually going to work on some projects for work for tomorrow, but I'll be honest, I just slept most of the day because <laughs> I was just really tired. 
So having the shrimp Creole was just like the highlight of our week. So um, I will not be sharing the recipe because it's kind of like a guarded secret. That's right. And Even part of it is because you make it up as you go along. <laughs> Although you do it. have a base recipe. I do have a base. <laughs> but same time, no one else needs to know. Even my father-in-law doesn't have the real recipe. Wait, you didn't give my da- my daddy the real recipe? I gave him... You know the, he listens to this podcast, right? I gave him the Google recipe. Okay. First of all, let me just give you some background information. So, my husband, what was it, like two years ago? Okay. He made some shrimp creole for my family, and my daddy really loved it. And so, my dad asked my husband for the recipe for the longest time, and he gave it to him. And so, he made shrimp creole maybe about six months ago for my mom. Um, and they were really, really happy. And I was like, oh my gosh, my husband shared the recipe. Now come to find out you didn't give him the real recipe. No. And I, again, my daddy listens to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Have fun at Thanksgiving. That's all I gotta say. If I have to sit out in the garage <laughs> and eat my turkey. You will be out in the garage. <laughs> It was a good try. <laughs> no, we're we're just gonna say he got the recipe. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Finger. I'm not gonna edit this out. The the secret is out. No, he got the recipe. No, no. You <laughs> left some things out. Your father liked his the dish that he made, did he not? Yeah, but that's not your grandma Brown's recipe. He wanted to make the recipe you your made. Your dad took it and he made it his own. That's all it needs to happen. All right, we're gonna have to take this offline. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No, we really don't. We're good. <laughs> yes, we do. We're keeping it real. See, you could have just kept the recipe secret if that was the case. Like, I've never told anyone the secret of my grandma Edline's gumbo. Still waiting on it. Okay, stop. We will take that <laughs> offline. Okay. But we have the okra. It's in the freezer. I just need to get it out the freezer. <laughs> Shut up. So anyway. From the freezer to the pot <laughs> to my belly. The shrimp creole was really good. Yes, it was It was good. <laughs> um, even though he tricked my dad and gave him a different recipe. Shame on you. <laughs> Bait and switch, kids. <laughs> that is not the secret to a happy marriage, y'all. Yes, it is. It is not. So anyway, on this note, we're going to wrap up this episode of The Gourmet Goober. Um, Where can they find you, you non-recipe sharing person? Well, you can find me, you know, Captain Switcher Recipe, (laughs) on Twitter at T-Outlaw. And you can find me on Instagram at T-Outlaw Josie Wells, like the movie. And you can always find me on the Twitter. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of me, at JJ Outlaw. I'm also on Instagram, at Gourmet Goober. Um, and you can drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com or visit our website at thegourmetgoober.com. One more thing before letting you guys go. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but just in case I didn't, um, Plum Good, which is our parent company, um, Plum Good Media, is now has a YouTube page. And you can actually, if you are so inclined, if you know someone who 
It's not really big on the downloads or listening to podcasts, but they still love the YouTubes. Now you can catch all the episodes of The Gourmet Goober on the YouTube page. Just go to YouTube and you can look up Plum Good Media and good is spelled G-O-O-D-E. So Plum Good Media, you can catch all of our episodes. So be sure to support us there as well. So for on behalf of myself and Big Daddy, who, again, dude, you didn't give the recipe to my dad? I gave your dad the recipe. No, you didn't. You just confessed you didn't. <laughs> I gave him the recipe. And you know what? My brother listens to this podcast, too. So my brother will tell my dad. No, he didn't have to tell him. <laughs> Remember, I put bacon in mine, so thus, your brother doesn't like bacon, so I think we're good. <laughs> you will still snitch. You know what happens to snitches, right? <laughs> so on behalf of the Gourmet Goober, until next time, happy eating. Happy eating. <laughs>